Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashtan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Thanks, bro. Good morning. Oops. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. Sorry. My bad. Switched it the wrong way. One time, my pastor, when I was little, you know, he had the lapel mic right here, and uh, he left it on when he went potty. And the sound guy had left it on also, and apparently the signal was really strong. Just kind of sitting there like, what is, what's, is there a waterfall? (laughs) Sorry, let me uh, clean up all the cookies real quick. I'm just kidding. Okay, there it is. All right. Hey, good to see everybody. Um, Yeah, fresh word. Yeah, this morning is when it came, so... um, We'll be, uh, I'll be seeing these notes for the first time just like you, and uh, it'll be very fun. But it, it was kind of cool. The, um, uh, you know, we sang uh, a lot even about what the Lord put on my heart even this morning. We kept singing, uh, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, and that's a lot about what I want to talk about this morning. So um, it's good. Let's just pray. You guys can, you don't have to, but if you feel like, like standing before the Lord, I mean, just, you're free to do that, so you can stand if you want, but you don't have to, but God, I just, uh, Holy Spirit, we don't, we're not going to stop welcoming you and stop, we didn't say like you were invited four minutes ago, but now that invitation's canceled, like, you're always invited, like, I, we always hold, I always hold my plans right in front of you and say, here, burn them up, like, I, I plan my ways but I know in order for you to direct my path, but sometimes the plans that I've made are wrong. And so like, I, I, we just submit. I submit my mouth, any knowledge that I think that I've acquired, any gifting that I think that I have, it's all submitted to you. It really is. So Lord, we just, we just say come and ha- continue to come and have your way. Be having your way as we just seek to honor you during this time, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. My wife took my computer last night and typed at the top of my other notes, I love you, babe. And so I saw when I opened them up this morning. I left it there, so it's cool. I love my wife. Um. We're going to be in a a few different scriptures. I'm going to mention a few different stories, but they they won't be on the screens because I just got this this morning, didn't send it to the guys, and it wouldn't make sense because I'm going to be jumping around a lot. Um, But you know what? I'm not a slave any longer to making sure that uh, I have so many verses in my sermons because every single thing that I've gotten, I've gotten from him if it's good. So it it doesn't come from any other book. It, It just comes from him. So... Um, but I'm not belittling the Word of God. If you've heard me speak before, um, man, do we need it. Um, I often ask the Lord, um, 
to speak to me and to give me revelation about what's his, on his heart? Does anyone else do this? God, what's on your heart? What are you thinking? What, you know, I often do that, um, probably almost every day. Um, I, I invite him to speak to me. I invite him to speak into my life. And you got to understand that, like, that right there is a huge contrast to how I grew up, right, in church. Right? God didn't speak, right? We were commanded to speak to him, but prayer was definitely one way. It was definitely just a discipline. It, does anybody identify with this? Not all of you do, which is great. Thank God. One person. Are you guys awake? Everybody good? Okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely had a, uh, the Lord already has spoken, and so there's no more communication that needs to happen between me and him. And so just to come to, you know, the, the, where I was in a place, this is actually part of what I want to share today, but to actually come to a place where I was able to receive instruction from the Lord that said, I would like to talk with you a lot, like for the rest of your life, and then some, that right there, being able to come to that spot was huge, okay? So you got to understand that, like, I didn't grow up like, oh, yeah, me and Jesus just sit together and have conversations. Absolutely not. Actually, if you would have told me that, I would have told you you were crazy, liar, making it up, demonized, although I didn't believe in demons, so you can't really be demonized. It was just a way for me to label you so that I didn't have to explain anything. You said, demons! That's all I would say, and then just move on. So um, anyways, there we go. Um, preconceived ideas and beliefs will often hinder us from what the Lord wants to say or wants to reveal to us. Did you guys hear that? So like, so like if we go in and I say, Lord, I want you to tell me what's on your mind about my marriage. Lord, what are you thinking about my marriage? Well, I already have some ideas about what I think about my marriage, okay? And if the Lord comes with a contrasting idea about what he thinks about it, it's going to be very hard for me to receive it. Just even if you have good amount of humility, it's, there's a still a rub because all of a sudden there's a contrast. You guys hear that? Okay? So you're like, you're like, Lord, I think my marriage is amazing. And the Lord's like, it's really not that great. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, no. no. And now you're offended, right? When you, take that, when you take that position, now you're like, no. And, but now you can't actually receive what he wants to. Because the Lord doesn't just want to come in and condemn your marriage. The Lord wants to come in and fix it and make it better. But if we're, if we're, like, we're like, no, it's good. No, it's great. No, I don't need to change. The problem's not with me. It can't be with me. It, it, I'm just using this as an example. I mean, you could, this, you could relate this to any area of your life. Then we won't hear the follow-up of, and here's how to fix it, and here's how to repent, and here's how to make it better. Lord, what are you thinking about my job situation? Because I'm killing it. And the Lord's like, I think you need to quit. And that's how you respond. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. We're right on time. That's how you respond. That's I, because I know. I, I've, I've been in this situation, and I've spoken with many people who are like, it's going amazing, it's going amazing. And then it's like, well, I think the Lord wants me to quit. But I'm not going to do it. I can't be the Lord. He's saying something different than what I'm thinking. It can't be him. And you're like, well, then who's God in your life, really? It's you. Right? And then we're like, ah, no. You, you, see, you see the tension? I'm going to need some water and a sweat rag. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not in a Pentecostal church. All right. No, but 
my question or the question that the Lord prompted me to ask this morning was, are we positioned to receive revelation from him? Ask yourself that question. Am I positioned to receive revelation from him? I'm not, when I say revelation, I'm not talking about adding to scripture. Okay? Some people have a problem with that word, even revelation. God's not giving any new revelation. My goodness. I'm not telling you that the Lord's going to give you something to tack on to the end of the book of Revelation, right? like another chapter. That's not what I'm saying. Seriously, think about the word, revelation, reveal. Like he's going to open your eyes to something previously unseen. Reveal a truth that has always been a truth because truth is absolute and not subjective. And then you'll be able to see it for the first time. But he has to do the, revela- the, the revealing. Do you, do, so you see what I'm saying? So have we positioned ourselves? Just ask yourself the question personally. Think about it. Have I positioned myself to even receive revelation? Because the first step, we have to go, like, do we even want it? Are you asking the Lord to reveal things to you that were previously unseen to you? Because you know that that Kyle and I can stand next to each other, and Kyle has received revelation on things that I have not, and I have received revelation on things that he has not, and we have both received the same revelation on other things. Do you see how that can be true? I want to know and have revelation on everything that God has in his heart for me to have revelation on, and then I want to ask him for the other things also that he hasn't quite yet just now. We can talk about that one later. But I want to, you know, the, the model in Scripture isn't, Kyle alluded to it even uh, just a few minutes ago. The model in Scripture for prayer, how many of you have been taught that God answers every prayer with yes, no, or wait, or not yet? How many of you have been taught that? Put your hand in the air. How many of you have just heard that? Yeah, that's not the biblical model for prayer. It's not. Do you know where that model came from? People that didn't get what they wanted when they prayed. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There's, that's not a biblical model for prayer. The Bible does not teach that, or I have not found I'm going to say it in humility. If it teaches it, I have not found it. And it's just because I haven't found it doesn't mean not in there's a lot I don't know. Goodness. I'm just saying the biblical model, or one of the biblical models, is beat down the door with persistence until you get the answer you want. Now, I'm telling you, Jesus himself invites us to pray like that. So he doesn't say, hey, ask me, and then I'm going to give you an answer, and then it's going to be done, and that answer is going to be yes, no, or wait. He talks about persistence. And so if I'm saying, Lord, I want, I want you to reveal to me everything that's in your heart, and then he gives me revelation, and I want more revelation, I'm going to say, I want more revelation. I'm not going to say it in like a cocky, prideful way. I'm going to come low because he's the king. I'm going to come low because he's God, but I'm going to keep coming to him, okay? Is everybody with me? So are you positioned to receive revelation from the Lord? I'm going to give you a few stories, a few examples from Scripture here. Joseph and Mary. This is a great example, and you've all heard it, and we're fresh off of this Christmas season in December, so we probably talked about this already. Joseph and Mary both had individual revelations from the Lord, and then they had kind of what we might call like joint revelations, or like after they were together revelations, right? And these revelations were totally out of bounds. I'm not kidding you. I've already talked, I told you that if Kaylee comes to me while we're dating and says, hey, I'm with child, but it's okay, the Holy Spirit did it, and we're supposed to still get married, nope, nope, I don't have that much faith. But Joseph did. Yep, it happened. And in a culture where it was way more shameful for it to happen than it is now. Now it's celebrated, even in the church. I've heard some of y'all encourage people to sleep together. 
I'm, I'm not kidding. It's just ridiculous, the culture that we have. But in a culture where it was actually shameful for these kinds of things to happen, Joseph said, I'll do it. And then he gets all these revelations. Now, one of the revelations that he got was, now this is after they're, they're married, after Jesus has been born a while. An angel comes to Joseph in a dream. Think about this. They, are, they have a life, a, a home, a j- job. They have friends, probably a lot of family. They have all of this where they're at. And an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says, get up and go to Egypt. And do you know what they did? That. Did you know that? Somebody comes to you. You have a dream in the middle of the night. How many of you have dreams? Most of you. Good. What if in that dream an angel appeared to you and said, pack up your things in the morning and move to another state? Because it's dangerous for you here. Would you do it? Would you be able to do it? (laughs) Depends on what state. (laughs) I know. I hear you. I hear you. I know. I know. I know. know. (laughs) Pack your things and move to California. Yeah, now we're talking faith. (laughs) Pack your things and move to New York City. Where did he tell Joseph to go? California. (laughs) New York City. And he got up and went. Now, what if he didn't get up and go? What happens to Jesus? He dies. Did you know that's how that story plays out? Joseph disobeys the vision that he had, or the angel visitation that he has in the dream or whatever in the night, and uh, baby Jesus dies. Now, we don't have to go down that road because it's all, it didn't happen that way, thank God. It, but Joseph had obviously positioned, in himse- positioned himself to receive and respond to revelation from God. Previously unknown information to him was revealed in a supernatural way, and he responded immediately without thinking about it. I want to be positioned like that. Do you want to be positioned like that? In this case, it saved the Son of God, (laughs) right? Now, we're probably not going to be put in that heavy of a situation again, but it could be a situation where you're saving a life. Okay, Job. How many of you have read the entire book of Job? Okay, good. That is the only way that you should read Job, is the first chapter to the last chapter. Let me tell you why. Job had really, really bad theology. He did. He admits it if you read the whole book. He admits it in the last couple chapters. Now, I've heard lots of messages on the book of Job where they studied the first few chapters and didn't read the rest of it and then built theologies out of it similar to the theologies that Job had. I'm like... You are making, this is a huge fallacy. Like, why do you think the entire book is in there? Would, would you just read, like, half of a book and then draw a conclusion about how it ends? No. Unless you're in high school and you're cheating and reading the cliff notes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Job, Satan comes before the Lord, and he wants to, he wants to kill Job. Or he, and, he's, and, and this is a big summation. God says, have you seen Job? I won't, even, I won't even intervene and protect him, and he will put you to shame. He says, but you're not allowed to kill him. And that's what he tells the devil. So the devil comes and sifts him big time, takes his money, takes his family, takes his, his livelihood, 
And then Job's got these friends who basically try to convince him to curse God and just turn from me. Obviously, God hasn't helped you, Job. Well, Job starts saying some things. He stays strong, and he starts saying some things that are wrong about God's character. And he spends several chapters with these beliefs and mindsets. And then in like chapter 40, I didn't look this up this morning. It's in like 43-ish. You can look it up. Somewhere around Job 43, Job says something profound. And if you don't read it, you'll miss the point of the entire book. Job says, surely I have spoken about things that I did not understand. Because he gets revelation about who God is. Because God, God actually comes and speaks to Job. And Job says, surely I have spoken about things I did not understand. Then he repents. And then as soon as he repents and changes his mind about the way he's been thinking about God, God fully restores him and then some. More money, more livestock, bigger family, better income than he had before. If Job, now Job had somehow in that moment stepped into humility to where he was able to receive painful correction from God Almighty, but it saved his life. He had positioned himself to receive revelation from heaven. And without it, he just continues on the same road of depression and bad theology. John, the book of Revelation, you know, was written by a guy named John. It's so cool. It, he actually describes what was happening to him when he receives the vision and, and the instruction, basically, write everything down that you're about to see. Was the you know that's basically the instruction, okay? But the Bible says in Revelation it says, or John is saying about himself, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and then suddenly behind me I heard a voice that sounded like a trumpet, and then he turns around and like, and you know the story, and he's down on the ground or whatever. So, but listen to that. Listen to the pre like, how in the world was he available to receive not just a revelation, but the book of Revelation, he was in the spirit before the Lord. He actually had taken time, okay, said it was on the Lord's day, but he was by himself communing with the Father, like communing with the Lord. He was in the spirit. He was probably praying in the spirit. He had physically positioned himself, not just to be intimate with God, but to potentially receive anything that the Lord wanted to show to him. And in this case... There was a lot that the Lord wanted to show to him, several chapters worth, okay? All right, a couple more. Sometimes God has a revelation that he wants us to have, whether or not we're going to position ourselves to receive it, okay? See Saul on the road to Damascus, okay? Saul wasn't getting it. Saul had a front row seat to what was going on in the early church, and he was choosing to persecute the early church instead. And so the Lord was like, well, we're going to do it the hard way. And he knocks him down on the road to Damascus. And Paul doesn't eat or drink for three days. And then they find courageous Ananias, which I'm sure, I mean, if it's blind Bartimaeus, it's courageous Ananias in heaven, okay? Because it's like, hey, Ananias, I want you to go lay hands on Saul so he can receive his sight. And he's like, oh, the Christian killer? That guy, that, yep, that's the one. He knows you're coming. He's seen you in a vision. Oh, good. So now he knows, now he knows me. This is terrific. Does he know where I live too? Did you tell him that? Thanks. 
thanks God. But he goes in and he's like, Brother Saul, and he puts his hand on him and scales fall from his eyes. He gets filled with the Spirit and he goes and gets baptized. And he says, God says, he doesn't say this of everybody, but he says it of Paul or of Saul. I'm going to show him how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. Sometimes there's a revelation that he'll get through with or without our submission and humility. All right, last example here. John chapter 12, verse, uh, well, starts in verse 28, but this is when Jesus is, uh, it's that moment where he's basically asking the Father if there's a way that he could maybe not go to the cross, okay? And he has this conversation out loud in the prayer form, and it, you know, he you can see the inner struggle of Jesus, right, where he's just, he knows everything that he's about to go through, not just physically, but spiritually. He knows that the Father, I mean, the Father's going to dump the sin of the world on him and then turn his face from him. I mean, this is, this is, I, I can't even imagine. And he's having this conversation with the Lord, and, and he goes, he goes, no, it, it has to be like this. Like, this is the only way, and he comes, comes to it, and then Verse 27 of John chapter 12, Jesus says, Now my heart is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And he says, No. It was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. It says, Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. God spoke several times from heaven for people to hear, right? At Jesus' baptism, do you remember that? This is my beloved son, whom I will please spoke so the disciples could hear him, listen to him. But right here, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it. And if you go to read on, it says that people heard, but some people thought it was thunder. Some people heard thunder, and other people heard the voice of God. What was the difference? Well... Some people had positioned themselves to hear the voice of the Lord. Others had not. And the exact same sound was revelation from heaven to these people and thunder to these people. They hadn't positioned themselves correctly. This still happens. Do not make the... To choose my adjectives carefully. Stupid mistake... Do not make the foolish, irresponsible mistake of thinking that if you aren't receiving revelation, God isn't speaking. I've been there. That's how I can say that with confidence. It is a prideful, arrogant, and it it will lead to a lot of disappointment to think that way, to think that if I haven't received the revelation, then it's not a revelation that God is giving. Do not make the mistake if your wife, husband, friend comes up to you and says, I have heard the Lord reveal X, Y, and Z, and you're like, that wasn't the Lord, that was thunder. If it doesn't match up with his word, we can ask questions. But if it does, don't call thunder what God is trying to speak clearly in English. All right. 
just a few things here. If you're waiting to hear from the Lord in a sermon once a week for 40 minutes, you're setting yourself up for failure. Not because the sermon's going to be bad. As a matter of fact, today's is going to be the best you've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm telling you, God did not, God, he didn't send Jesus to die so that we could hear a sermon on Sundays for 35 or 40 minutes. Feed yourself. Only babies need to be fed by other people. Go feed yourself. I'm, I'm, this is good. Sir, this, is, sir, this is good. Teaching is good. We need it too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not discounting. I'm trying to raise up the let's get ourselves fed. Let's go hear from the Lord for ourselves. Let's sit with the Lord and say, what would you like to say or reveal? Just take time to sit with him without your phone. For God's sakes, without your phone. Why do we even have to say that? Why do you have to tell people they're spending too much time on social media? Now I'm all fired up. Why do you have to, I mean, you know when somebody's spending too much time on social media when they go out of the way to tell you how little time they spend on social media? Oh, I'm only on there like an hour a day. An hour? An hour? That's still a lot. We don't have time to sit with the Lord because everybody says, we don't have time, I don't have time. I want to sit with the Lord, but I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. But you spent an hour on social media. I'm like, I've thought about standing. I've stood on it in my garage to test it when I made it, but I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> I'm telling you, just listen to this. Listen to this. This will be the thing that you're going to want to put on a shirt from this. This will be the thing I'm going to hear about in the next few months that I said. But you know what? You know what? Spending time with the Lord while you're on the toilet is still good time with the Lord. You can leave your phone outside of the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's get back on it here. Um, what if God, listen, I'm just going to take it one step further here. Not in the toilet thing. One step, <laughs> one step further in have we positioned ourselves to receive revelation from the Lord? It's one thing to be like, yes, I have. It's another thing when you're confronted with something or he reveals something to you that maybe is going to come against a lifelong position or belief or paradigm that you've had. And it's going to make it worse is if he decides to just whisper it to you. Think if you've, if you've held a belief for 30 years, whatever it is, or you've held a paradigm, a worldview for 30 years, and then God comes and goes, you've been wrong. And you're like, pfft. That wasn't the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? We, sometimes we make the incorrect assumption. We make a really unhealthy assumption when we're like, hey, if God wants me to change something about the way that I'm believing about this, then, then he'll change it. Or he'll yell at me. Or he'll, and the fact is that even if he, he might be yelling at you and you might be thinking that there's a storm outside. Or he not yelling at you. He's just whispering. Does it... Does the fact that it's God's voice change when it's a whisper versus a yell? I don't think it does. Like, even if he, like, passed me a note, 
I'd be like, it's God's note. This is a big deal. Like, I better, I better read it. Do you know what I'm saying? But sometimes he's going to come and he's going to confront me on something, but he's going to do it in a whisper, and it's going to be a really big confrontation because I have, I have my heels in the ground on this one point, and I'm not budging. I'm telling you, I've walked through these things. My view on baptism changed. If you've read my book, you've probably read a little bit about this, but when I was dating Kaylee, Kaylee went to Francis Chan's church in Simi Valley in California and before he was Francis Chan, and, uh, and we went in, and at the end of the service, he's like, hey, if anybody needs prayer or wants to be baptized, come talk to one of the elders. And they go over there. And then after the worship team plays a song, there's like six people getting baptized. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't even go through their class yet. <laughs> they haven't had time to fill out the paperwork. I'm not kidding you. I, count, I counseled Kaylee on the drive back to her apartment why it was a bad, a bad method of baptism. I'm not kidding. I said, at the very least, it's irresponsible. That's what I said. At the very least, it's irresponsible. I believe that. Through my court, you laugh. I believed that. No, I wasn't trying to, I didn't have an ulterior motive other than like, I was like, try, I was trying to be zealous for the Lord, going, God didn't like that. He didn't approve of this. They don't even know what they're doing. They haven't gone through the class. Guys, years later, not too many years, thank God. Years later, my friend Darren, who visited me last week, uh, he got up and he preached this message. and He preached about how when he got baptized, he was preaching about the Holy Spirit. And we were in a church that basically worshiped Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And you, he got up and he said, when I got baptized, I got baptized into a belief system that did not acknowledge that the Holy Spirit was God. I mean, we did on paper. Like, it's in, the belief, it's in the statement of faith. But he wasn't worshiped, honored, acknowledged, prayed to, welcomed, invited, believed in. I mean, none of those things. And he said, he said, so I, he said, I'm thankful for being baptized when I was when I was young. He said, but I want to be baptized into the same baptism that Jesus called us into. And he took off his shoes and went and sat in a tub that had water on it on the stage and called his dad up to rebaptize him. And then I got behind him, and Kaylee got behind him, and like 40 other people got behind him. And we all got baptized, and many got filled with the Spirit in a church where we didn't believe in getting filled with the Spirit. And then, stop, wait, it doesn't stop there. Remember, my view on baptism was like, Three, two years prior to this, remember, I'm not only getting baptized myself for the next two or three years, I don't remember. It was until we moved to Texas, so probably three years, three, three and a half years. I would get words of knowledge about people that needed to get baptized. And so I was not, you know, I'm like 25-ish, and uh, I'm going up to our senior pastor and I'm, I'm not like a, a staff member or anything. I'm just a person. And uh, I'm I, like, Dave, I think we need to fill up. We had like a trough. We were rednecks. We had, and I said, I think we need to fill up the, the baptistry today. Like, 
And he would just, I mean, every time he's like, okay. And I'm like, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. I'll do the work and I'll empty it and stuff like that. Because if I'm wrong, I don't want to put anybody else out. I was never wrong. In like three or something near, we'd sit in, Kaylee and I went to pre-service prayer most of the time. And we'd be sitting in there and all of a sudden I I would just know that there were three people that were going to get baptized. Sometimes I would get their names. I I never got a word of knowledge about anything else. Anything else. People are like, let's listen to the Lord and hear him for healing. I'm like, I can't. He just tells me who needs to be baptized. I'm like, Lord, give me a healing word. And he's like, oh, they need to be baptized. Oh, they need to be baptized. Like, that's all, that's all it was for years. And I'm telling you, names, number of people, and most of the time, guys, guys, this has happened multiple times, where people would show up at our church, never been there before, and never came again. They'd show up because they had been to 10 or 11 churches trying to get baptized, and no one would baptize them because they wouldn't go through the class. (laughs) And in their case, you had to go through the membership class and then the baptism class. I remember these two people came in one time, and I said, hey, you know, we got some towels. If anybody wants to be baptized, and I remember they were in the back row. I'd never seen them before, this young couple, and they were both like on their feet. Like, like, I hope they don't change their mind before we get there. And they got up to the front, and their eyes were like, you mean we can get baptized today? We've been following Jesus for months, but no one will baptize us. So yeah, the Lord changed my view on baptism. I don't even remember the last time we did a planned baptism. Almost done, I think. My view on the Holy Spirit's changed. You all probably, most of you know that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, (laughs) my view on, my belief on tongues. People that used to speak in tongues, I would say that they were faking it. I would say that uh, if it, best case scenario, they were empowered by the devil. I actually used to believe that the devil could do more than God could. That was, I mean, I wouldn't have said that, but functionally, that's what my beliefs added up to, right? One plus one still equals two. So if the devil can heal people, the devil can make you speak in tongues, the devil can cast out the devil, the devil can do it, but God, could, God doesn't do any of that. That's what the belief system I had. I'm telling you, until the day I decided to humble myself and and go, Lord, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I've thought I've known, but maybe I don't know. I I remember saying that, and the Lord, I could hear the Lord like, ah, now we can work with this. But until then, there's not much that, I mean, next to the Damascus Road experience, which is really the exception. Don't pray that the Lord gives you a Damascus Road experience. That's stupid. You, I mean, I'm not telling you, you do it if you want, but that's stupid. Just humble yourself. My view on salvation changed from this hyper-reformed, anti-biblical view of God's sovereignty and evangelism, and that's changed. My view on healing has changed, especially when I myself got supernaturally healed. Do you know what I did for the first hour and a half, two hours after I got healed? Tried to make all the pain come back. Yep. I'm not kidding. My hand got supernaturally healed, and I'm talking... I had a medical diagnosis with a treatment plan planned out and no money, so I couldn't do it. It got instantly healed, and I spent the next two hours going, this is just me, you know, it's just in my head. I know better than this. I'll make it come back. And I almost hurt myself again trying to make it come back. 
And not only did all the pain leave, all of my strength that had, my muscles had atrophied for months, all of it came back instantly. I could do everything that I could months earlier, 100%. And it never hurt again, ever, to this day. So yeah, my view on healing changed. And you know what? This is what I want you to remember. If you walk away with nothing else today, remember the question, are you received to, are you positioned that you, oh gosh, do you remember the question? I obviously don't. Have you positioned yourself to receive revelation? My views are still changing. I still hold all of my views, whether they're views on parenting or <laughs> politics or theological stuff, or the way we live life, the way we do church, these things, anything. I hold them all out before the Lord, and I encourage you to do the same thing. Don't get to where you think you've arrived, because you're, there, that is not a place of humility. And God, when you, when you step into pride, you are purposefully inviting God to oppose you. Do you know why? Because he opposes the proud. That's in here. He opposes the proud, but he automatically fights for the humble. So when we step and say we know something better than God, or yeah, 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 come and change everything except for this, or thank you, God, that you haven't made me like them, we start playing the comparing game, we are inviting his opposition and you will lose that fight against, you know, the Almighty. All right, here's just a few points, and then worship team, you guys can come back up. Stay engaged for just a couple more minutes, if you would. Thanks for going through this with me. The uh, four things that the Lord kind of put on my heart this morning as just some practical ways that you might, if you're sitting there going, okay, how, how do I position myself to be able to hear and receive this revelation from the Lord, whatever it is. Because the thing is, oftentimes we're seeking a specific revelation and God wants to tell you something else. And if we don't know that, read the New Testament. Every time somebody asked Jesus something, he answered a question they didn't ask. They're like, we didn't ask that. He's like, yeah, because you weren't asking the right questions. So I'm just going to tell you the right answer. And so we got to be open to that. Lord, what am I supposed to do for work? And he's like, I want to talk to you about parenting. And you're like, no, I need to know what I need to do for work. Mm-hmm, yeah, the parenting thing. And he's going to keep coming back to that. And if we're only listening for one type of answer, we'll miss the ones that he wants to give us. So number one, I'll tell you what, you know what I realized this morning when I laughed when I typed this out? This is like the number one point in like 27 of my sermons from the last like 10 years. Do you know that? It's always number one. Can you just guess what it is? Humble yourself. That's right. That's right. He hasn't even seen my notes. Oh, my gosh. We have to humble ourselves. And it's a daily thing. It's not like, yeah, I humbled myself three years ago. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Pride clogs up our spiritual ears, and it blinds our spiritual eyes, among other things. It opposed, puts us in opposition to God. Just humility is always the way. When Jesus said, and then he wanted to show his, his disciples the fullest extent of his love, he humbled himself. That's how he showed them the fullest extent of his love was by taking the towel and washing their feet. Man, if Jesus could, if Jesus could do that, I need to humble myself. Number two, destroy the God of comfort. I'm telling you, burn that idol. Ooh, got real quiet. Destroy the God of comfort. 
You see, the God of comfort or the idol of comfort will never let you go where God is calling you if he's calling you to an uncomfortable place. It will never let you go there. You'll actually weigh the call against your comfort on whether or not it's God that's calling you there. Do you see that? He calls you somewhere uncomfortable and you're like, that's gonna make me uncomfortable. It can't be God. God wants me always comfortable. Again, please reference the Bible for how that is just not true. I'm not saying, I'm not saying comfort is evil. I'm saying when we make comfort a God, that is evil. Obviously, comfort's not evil because the Holy Spirit's called the comforter. But do you know why we need a comforter? You're uncomfortable. He can only come in as the comforter when you're uncomfortable. So if you stay comfortable all the time, you're actually pushing the Holy Spirit's arm away, saying, I don't need you to be the comfortable. I don't need you to be the comforter. My debit card takes care of that. Or my whatever takes care of that. I don't need you to come and be that for me. So destroy the God of comfort. Okay? You, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, of course you do. Yes. Spend time daily in his presence. This is how John received the book of Revelation. Okay? He was in the spirit. I'm telling you, get in the spirit. Just turn off your phone and sit with the Lord. It's not a, it doesn't need to be a discipline thing. It's just, it can just be any, it seriously be anywhere. I do it in the car, the bathroom, shower. It doesn't matter. Actively invite the Lord into the conversation or into just sitting there and just be quiet. Be before him. I know some of you do this really well. I, I know, I've heard testimonies and some of you don't do it at all. Don't miss out. Imagine the relationship with your wife if you guys never just sat together. I love just sitting with Kaylee. Now she's like, kind of like, what do you want? To, what do we need? What we want to talk about? And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I just want to sit. You know? She's like, no, I feel like we should talk. I'm like, I feel like we shouldn't. We should just, we should just sit. <laughs> no. Sometimes I like it to just be quiet, but I also like to talk. But it makes our relationship strong when we spend time with each other. If I, if I was always just like, if I just came to Kaylee when I needed something or when I had done something really bad, that would be a really weird relationship. So, and the last one is be quick to throw away old wineskins. They won't hold the new wine. When the Lord comes in and gives you fresh revelation, I know I've walked through this, and you receive the revelation that he gives you, the next step is to get rid of the old wineskin that it replaced. Because oftentimes, we like receive the new and then try to sew it to the old one and make them fit together, and they don't fit. If he's giving you a replacement, now this is replacement theology. No, if he's giving you, uh, if he's giving you something new, it's to replace the old. And it's a trust thing, too, especially if you've been holding on to the old, whatever it is, belief, whatever it is, for a long time. You're like, oh, I carved my name into it, and I've, it fits right in my pocket. And he's like, that's why I'm replacing it. Like, you need a new one. Do you want the new wine or not, or do you want it to spill? Get rid of the old wineskin. Be quick to throw it away, which, again, takes humility. So, all right, let's stand. baptisms today, which is really cool. Coincidentally, I mean, if you believe in coincidence, I don't, but um, 
I think we have one planned. Yeah? Okay. And if there's others, um, the Lord hasn't shown me. I haven't had a word, about, a word of knowledge about baptism since the, since the week we moved to Texas. It was like he said, that was for that season, and now we're going to move you into something else. I haven't had one word of knowledge about baptism since I moved to Texas. So, um, But maybe some of you, if you haven't been baptized or you got baptized into a different belief system, um, Catholicism, or similar, something similar to my story, it's open today. Okay, we got towels and clothes if you need it. I encourage you to get baptized and not, uh, and not wait any longer on that. If you need prayer for anything else, our ministry teams will be up here. I'm gonna turn it over to Kyle in just a second, but I just wanna pray for us that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that we would not just cry out to the Lord, have your way, but that we would be quick to recognize when his way is different than the way we've been trying to push for. We would be quick to lay down old wineskins and quick to step into humility. So let's just, we can just put out your hands and receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you minister, minister right now to each one, each one of us, how we need to be ministered to? Lord, we want, I'm just to say for us, we want revelation from heaven. Like we need to know how you feel about everything that's going on in our world today. We need to know how you feel about everything that's going on in our homes. I need your input. I need your direction. I need your heart on how to minister to my neighbors, to my family, to strangers, to my coworkers. I need you. We need you. We need revelation. And Lord, I'm just saying, we humbly sit before you and say, please come and undo bad beliefs. Please come and undo. Lord, even if there's something in our lives that just can be better, like is there a better way? We invite you. Lord, I pray, God, for a spirit of humility to be prevalent among our body. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are God and you want to reveal things to your creation, that's huge. So we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.